Well, good day, guys, and welcome to Talking Loft. I'm Mitch Stocker, and this podcast is being brought to you by Rafa. Rafa is famously known for their cycling apparel, but it really doesn't stop there. Rafa's lifestyle collection is built for a life in motion comfortable, functional, and versatile enough to flow through the city from dawn till dusk. Well, this week on Talking Wolf, we have got the classics legend himself, the Dutchman, Nicky Terpstra. Now, if you haven't heard of Nicky Terpstra, he rode for 16 years professionally from Milram to Quickstep to Direct Energy. He retired last year in 2022, but he had a huge career. He was an absolute classics legend. He won Roubaix, Tour of Flanders, E3, two times Dwarves of Flanders. He finished second in Ghent Wavelgum, the one that slipped away, but he was three times national champion, two times Olympian. A proper legend when it came to the one day racing. He also rode about 15 Grand Tours as well, so he did everything. Nicky was one of those guys that you just didn't know what he was going to do on a certain day. He would go up the road and you wouldn't see him again. He had some amazing victories throughout his career. One of our partners this year at Life in the Peloton has been AG1. Now, you've heard me talk about AG1 this year as something I use every day. It's a part of my daily routine. I'm wondering how many of you have actually gone out and tried it, because I would love to hear your feedback to see if you are really enjoying AG1 as much as I do. I really like it. Like I said, it's a simple routine that is really nice. It's the first thing I do when I get up each morning with the kids at around 6.30. I turn the coffee machine on, I grab my shaker, I grab my AG1, put a bit of water in it, shake it up, that's it. I've built a healthy daily habit in about one minute. It's really convenient, a daily clean green source of energy, and it tastes great too. AG1 is a foundation of daily health, and that's why I love it. It is complete enough to be an all-in-one supplement for me, which all goes into improving my overall health. It's more than just greens. It's a comprehensive blend of vitamins and minerals, probiotics, and superfood complexes. It also helps provide digestive support, immunity support, metabolism, energy, and stress support. It's just about for anyone, athletes, people like you and me, and everyone in between. It's also vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, The Athletic Greens is giving you a one free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Now go across to drinkag1.com slash life in the peloton. That's drinkag1.com slash life in the peloton and grab yourself some. Guys, I'm not going to hold you up anymore with this one. This is Nikki Terstra talking a bit of luft. All right, what a pleasure. I'm sitting back here with Nikki Terpstra. Um, Nikki, we got to, I guess, race together. I don't know if we were really battling many times in the race because you were often at the front and I was trying to hang in the peloton. Mate, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Thank um, you. You're from Bergen in the Netherlands, which is, yes. is that how you pronounce it? Bergen, yes. I was almost well, there. Yes, mountains. It means the mountains. I can't believe that. No, well, the highest mountain is like about 20 or 30 meters. Around our region, and it's in Bergen. So for the Dutch guys, it's pretty high mountain. So if anyone's <laughs> preparing for a grand tour, they're like, "Look, I'm going to go training in the mountains. I'm going to head up to Bergen." Well, uh, especially in uh, in the lower categories, if we if I had a race with some small hills, I went direction Bergen for uh, to take this mountain like uh, ten times up and down. It's uh, it's a real good training. Yeah, perfect. We don't have any, anything else. Yeah, a big bridge maybe. Unless you go right down the south, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, of course, Limburg, uh, where the Amsterdam Gold Race is. That's uh, that's a pretty tough uh, region. But we have a lot of wind. So if we have to train a big mountain, we just go one hour uh, headwind, big gear. It's, it's the same, same. like climbing, <laughs> almost. But less interesting, I would think. It is. Yes. It can be pretty boring. Nikki, you were 16 years pro on the road. Rode for teams like Milram, Quickstep, Direct Energy. Yeah. Amazing Palmares. Thank First you. in Paris-Roubaix, third twice. First in Flanders, second and third, six times in the top 10. First in E3, Dwarza Flanders, and you won that twice. You were a classics man. Are you missing the classics now? Absolutely not. No. I mean, been there, done that. Uh, it was amazing to, to battle for the prizes. And then racing in the finals of, of the, the races I loved the most. But uh, now when I see how tough the races are... Uh, also behind, you know, you don't see all the misery and, and all the crashes. And uh, mm. uh, you you had a nasty one over there, uh, a couple of them. Uh, and I absolutely don't like that and uh, and don't miss it and don't miss the the risk mm. when you start that race. And actually, if I should miss something, it's it's battling for, for the prizes. And yeah. I'm not able to do that anymore. So, no, I don't miss it. It's funny, I didn't actually plan to talk to you about this, but it's it's something that I realized even in my own career that when I started realizing the risk and when I started challenging myself to take risks, earlier in my career, I didn't even know I was taking risks. I just needed to be in the corner, so I did it. Or I needed yeah, to be in the sprint, yeah. so I had to be there. But there was a transition where you started thinking about it and you had to force yourself. Did that happen to you or did you start noticing yourself forcing yourself to try and be in position? Well, if you had some bad crashes, you just have the feeling like, I don't want this anymore. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to crash. I'm not gonna take this risk. Is it? And then when you're in the race and you have to take that risk to get in front to go towards the corner, that's important. At that moment, you realize: Is it worth it now? I wait. I, I take another opportunity, but that opportunity is not coming, and then no. you're behind, and actually, your race is over. Yeah. I want to jump straight to talking off now. Um, this is. A whole bunch of questions, and I think, um, you know, you can tell me about your style. I think you had pretty good style on the bike, but we're going to see now. This is broken down into five topics. Style and clothing, food, rituals, culture, and about you. And there's some questions underneath all of them. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, let's start with style and clothing. The first question is caskets, capolinos, the mini cycling hats. How do you wear yours when you go on the podium? Do you wear it forwards with a... with a peak up, do you wear it backwards? Do you have a bit of luft under it? Peak up, yeah. And pull down on your head with a little bit no, of air? No, no, not not completely. Not too many luft. I mean, I think if you put the peak down, then you need a lot of luft, like like Indurain. <laughs> I think he was the king. It yeah. was incredible. He could put, put the the cap on his head like it didn't even fit. But still, if you go going downhill with 80 k's an hour, it wouldn't blow off. How? It, it's amazing. How is that possible? Uh, I think he glued it or something. <laughs> All right, back in the day, if you could have raced, maybe, I don't know, did you? No, no, I don't think you did. If you could have raced back in the day without a helmet, what style would you have had? Headbands, one of those leather helmets. Uh, uh, well, I know the leather nothing. ones are cool, but um, they don't make so many sense. No. All right, hypothetically then, if you wanted to have it without what would your style have been before helmets were invented i think in summer uh just without anything yeah some gel in there gel in there nice slicks back yeah yeah yeah. 
All right. When you put your arm warmers on, do you yeah. put them over the sleeves or under? Sometimes I did them over my sleeves, but it was Good purely man. functional. Uh, I'm an over I'm, the sleeves, man. I, I'm yeah, all uh, about over. Yeah, I don't really like it. Yeah, but it's functional. Like you said, you can yeah, especially with the, with the aero sleeves you have now. Uh, yeah. You couldn't it, get them out. It, it took five minutes, and then <laughs> if you have them over, it's functional. It's, it's actually the same with leg warmers. <laughs> Sometimes you start with leg warmers, and then you have to put them out after after 30 minutes. Uh, it's a big hassle. You put them over the top. Exactly. It's, it's more easy. Gloves or no gloves? I think it looks bad, but gloves, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I race with gloves. Really thin one, but... Uh, training? Without. Mm. But uh, Took the risk in training without gloves. Yeah. What, to get the suntan? Yeah, but in... Uh, in Holland? No, no, no. I just... I don't like to wear gloves. Huh. When I race with them, uh, I've got the really thin ones, no padding on anything, ah. just uh, just for protection. Right. But I don't like the thick ones. It feels unnatural. What, with all know. the gel and stuff in there? No, I really don't like that. <laughs> no. Socks over or under the leg warmers? Uh, under. 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 Well, 100%. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I know it's a generation thing, but... <laughs> Fuck, it's like... It's got to be you under. Don't put on your jeans and then your underwear. <laughs> come on. Glasses over or under the helmet strap? Over. Well done. Race suit or Nixon jersey? Uh, race suit. Always? Always. Really? Functional. And I, I actually, for me, it's more comfortable in the race because uh, the jersey is more tight. The pockets are more tight. And if you put stuff in your pockets... It, it doesn't go up and down, left and right. When you go out of the saddle, it's it's just, it fits and everything stays together where it should be also in front. And you're ready to race. You're ready to go on a solo attack yeah, yeah, like yeah. which you like to do. What about if, and I can't say when because now you're retired, you won the world championships, what would you have done? White shorts, white gloves, chippo style, white helmet, everything? Or what would your style have been? You embrace the stripes and go on everything? I think it's depending of the years I should have made that choice. Uh, but for sure, now I should go for the easy version. And for sure, black uh, black shorts. That's, mm. that's 90% sure. Uh, no career. But uh, not too many crazy things. Of course, uh, a lot of white, but not the stripes everywhere, like like... On the underwear, the 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 socks, <laughs> just plain white on a lot of places, and in some places the stripes, just for the details, you know, not well, the colors everywhere. You wouldn't do it, no. I'd, I'd have to embrace it. I'd be full Cipollini style, I think. You know, on on the side yeah, of the short. Of course, it's a special thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what. But I think it depends on on the year. I mean, the years of Cipollini, then yeah. I would go the same <laughs> everywhere. Maybe I painted my my hair, you know, all the colours. <laughs> all right, let's move on to food. Rice or pasta? Pasta. Normal breakfast or at the race, do you do like one of those pre-race breakfasts where you almost have dinner for breakfast, like rice and omelette and all this stuff? Or do you just do a normal breakfast where you get like nah, cereal? Pretty normal. Pretty yeah? normal, yeah. Panakuken yeah. and go from there? Panakuken Nutella, that, uh. that's a big secret for the classics, of course. <laughs> Favourite race food? So that one bit of food where you walked into the bus... And you went, ah, oh, thank God the Swannies made this today. I love this. It's a nice little rice tacha or I don't know. Uh, uh, well, now I've got this uh, apple cinnamon bars of Sub Q and they, it's like apple pie. Yeah? And yeah, they're so nice. I can race, uh, I can do it all year with the same uh, same power bar. It's, do you eat yeah. them outside the race? Yeah. <laughs> 
No, really, they're like apple pie. I will give you something. It's, okay. it's They're so good. When you go out training, are you a coffee stop guy or do you just like to push on? No, no. I, don't, I like to push on. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Never stopped. I stop. I do. Mm. I mean... Uh, but you like to just get it done, just get home. check out uh, the group is. Yeah. And, uh, especially when it's cold, I don't like it because uh, mm. your base layer is pretty mm. a bit wet and then mm. you get inside and it's... You get a nice, nice and warm and, and cozy, and then you have to go outside again and put on the, the jacket that's a bit humid and it's it's cold again, and you have to race for for twenty minutes to get on on, on temperature, the body on temperature. I, and then I think, why I've got good coffee at home, or when I just put on some good normal clothing, casual clothing, and then I go to the coffee bar. You know, I've, I've got my my bars with me. I've got my bottles. Let's do it. Let's do the training. And uh, in summer, it's it's different. And but it's also the the mentality how you stop before you go to the training. If you know it before, prepared. But mm. most of the time, I just say now, let's go to the training and then get home. If we have time, we have a good lunch uh, at home. Or speaking about coffee. What coffee do you like to drink? Do you like to drink that Dutch-style coffee, the filter coffee, or do you like cappuccinos in the morning, espressos? What's your coffee routine? Double espressos. <laughs> Double espresso from the very first thing you wake up? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All day long? That's your... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, no milk? No. Nah, sometimes oh. in the morning, cappuccino. Uh, nice. I changed it a little bit the last year, so I was a cappuccino guy in the morning, but overall, um, I variate a bit, but, but most of the time, double, double espresso. espresso. Get yeah. it done. Yeah. All right, we've all been in those training routines where we've just gone, that's it, I have to lose weight, I can't eat this, I can't do that. But what is that one meal that you go, that's it, I've done Tour of Flanders today, I'm having my cheat meal, I don't care what you say. What's your cheat meal? What's that one thing you go to? Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Yeah. Lovely. I Especially like in the Tirreno, you know, yeah. that's, that's the period where, you, when you're on the focus. Yeah. But if this thing comes on the table, you know... Uh, that's it. You don't get you just before dinner you in Italy and then you're okay, well I skip uh <laughs> I skip the first part of dinner and then I take a good tiramisu. Good call, especially when you're in Italy. Yeah. All right, next topic, rituals. Crosswinds or mountains? Crosswinds. Of death. Definitely. <laughs> Training or racing? Uh well that that mentality changed a bit. Last year, and that's why I, I quit, but it always have, has been racing. But I like training. And, uh, it's a hard one, that. I know. It's it's, uh, it's really hard. You asked me this 10 years ago, or five years ago, it was completely different. Yeah. Best and worst roommate? <laughs> uh, well, the worst. Uh, <laughs> I probably don't say on, uh, <laughs> on here. Uh, the best, uh, it's probably Ilio Kaiser. Right, wow, yeah. good one. Bus or car? Like when you get into the bus at the end of a stage and the, d- the DS, okay, there he goes, bus, yeah. straight onto it, he knows. You're, someone always gets roped into the car, don't they? Yeah, it's always the same person, so they've got a point. I mean, they're earlier in the hotel. But are they, on the, on the are they much table, earlier, but, though? But not it really. It depends, but not always. Yeah. And then I'm... I'm Especially after the race, when you wake up, you've got a time schedule in the race. Yeah, tick, tack, tack, pop. Yeah. Everything is scheduled. And then you've got so many stress in the race itself. And then you come over the finish line. And sometimes the first thing that the sport director says, uh, come on, come on. Hmm. Uh, if, you, if you hurry up for, with shower, you can 
you could take the car, but the mechanics are already loading the bike, so uh, five minutes and you should be in the car. And then, ah, come on, no way. Let me, <laughs> let me enjoy my recovery shake, and then I'm going to take a good shower, and I've been stressing all day now. It's time to relax. Um, most of the time I take the bus and then I've got everything with me, like like a kitchen, uh, probably a good good couch or a bed. Speaking of the bus, do you have your seat on the bus? Where is it? Do you like to be right at the front, in the middle, somewhere in the back with uh, the showers? Uh, it doesn't matter too much, but I like to have space for my legs and uh, lay down. The possibility to lay down, especially mm. for mm. the transfers. So down the back somewhere? Uh, well, depends on the bus. Uh, some buses it was in front, but but mm. uh, like in total, it was most of the time in the back. Mm. And uh, I like to stretch my legs and uh, and put them up. I think that's important. And let's. I, I even think uh, if a team bus is designed, uh, they should think about it to put the legs up because if you do that every time, like in the stage race, every half an hour or hour, you're after the race in the bus, you can put the legs up. I think it helps uh, recovery. Oh. And I think it's more important than getting in the car with, with the knees uh, in your neck because you've got some spare wheels on the left and uh, <laughs> a mechanic on the right, you know. That's why we don't go in there. We don't want to. Let's um, let's talk about culture. Favorite rider of all time? No, that's a tough one to, to choose one. When I grew up, uh, being a small cyclist, my idols were Michel and Cipollini. Mm. Nice. So, a real classic man, and and uh, and the other one really the man of style. Nice one. Favorite rider right now in the peloton now. Julia Alaphilippe. Nice. Best moment in a race. So it could be the neutral zone where you're just thinking about the day ahead. It could be the first kilometer where everyone's attacking. Could be when you cross the line and you think, ah, thank God the race is over. What is the you, best you, moment you, for you in a race? You're talking about feet zone. I hate the feet zone. I think it's so stupid. Well, that's the next it's question. Old, Worst moment in the old, race. Okay. so old-fashioned. It's so stupid. Like, if you want to give feeding, I mean, the easiest is to go to the car. You've got everything with you. You can you can take your food or drinks whenever you want. Well, when you think that's the right moment, not when the organization thinks on the point on the map, like, okay, All jammed into one kilometer or less. Let's put them all together. Yeah. <laughs> and after all the 200 riders can... Can take a bag with 45 k's an hour with <laughs> with food in it. It's so stupid. Okay, so that's the worst moment. What's the best moment? In general, I think the finish line. Yeah. Even if if it's a good day, it's great. If it's a bad day, it's great because you've got there. Yeah. 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 Pretty simple, but but it it is sometimes the top top of a big mountain. You know, if you're suffering, yeah, you're really counting down the the kilometers are still, are still 4k climbing or. And you crest it. Counting down, tick, tick, tick. Oh, oh, that's a steep part. (laughs) And then you come on top and you know, okay, now now get a good downhill. And uh, downhill is nice. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Not all of them. That's that's, uh, disappointing disappointing when the downhill is not a nice downhill. You know, you invest it a lot and then you go down and uh, this is it. Or when they race downhill and then you're not relaxing. It's, just, it's like I just raced uphill yeah. and I'm racing downhill, you know, you're getting dropped. and Most of the time I liked uh, the downhills. Okay. Not if it's if it's straight and big packed, you know, yeah. then, you know, okay, they, you realize if one of them, one of those 200 guys, one mistake, mm. we're down with 50 guys, you know. But if it's nice corners, some hairpins, some mm. nice fast corners, one line that 
That is quite off, nice. Yeah. You see the snake come down. Yeah. That's cool. What's the favorite kit of all time for you? You know, that the cycling kit, the one team you looked at and you went, oh, I used to love that kit. I wish I had that. Fascia Bortolo. Oh, my gosh. This, this is really popular for everyone. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> It's a good kit. Yeah. yeah. Good team too. Good roster. Good yeah, riders. But the colors are cool and everything, everything fits, you know. The, the DMT the, shoes. The helmet, yeah. the bike. It's all good, well established together. Mm. And that's that's most of the time important. Sometimes you have ugly colors, but if you fit everything together, like the team cars, the bottles, the helmets... If everything fits well together, still with ugly colors, you can make a nice team kit, I think. Cobbles or gravel? Cobbles. But for racing, yeah. I don't like to go training. I mean, sometimes we had uh, team reckons for the classics. And then I said, come on, I did the outer quadrant uh. already this year, like 20 times. Now we need to do another recon. I, I, I go around it. Yeah. I, see, I see you in the end. I go around now. <laughs> I've I've done uh, I can do it with my eyes closed, you know. <laughs> did you really go around? Ah, so yeah, for sure. What did they say? Oh no, they they understand it. Just with direct energy or with quick step? Uh oh, both of them. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I mean, to do the reckon is, is the most important thing is that you know the flow of the climbs and yeah. Okay, yeah. now we get this take yeah. down that climb, that climb, and the, and the road to it. I mm. mean, the, the, not the actual the two k's before the climb. Yeah. The, that's actually almost even more important. The other climb, we did it so many times. So many. All right, about you, headphones or no headphones when you go riding? Uh, when I go alone, I do headphones. What do you listen yeah. to? Music or podcasts or what style? A lot of times, podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, or uh, just regular radio with it. Oh, radio. Yeah. With, nice. With, with the news and stuff, not, uh, not the music. Ah, just the news, just... Yeah. Chip it along. Yeah, Radio 1 uh, in Holland, it's a lot of news. And nice. So, uh, yeah, it keeps the time running. I'm, I know for safety it's not uh, not the best option, of course, uh, to race with headphones. But, I mean, with the Garmin radar, when you connect it to your, to yeah. your telephone, it even g- gives you a beep in your headphone. Yeah. And I think this this is a good issue. So all the traffic that comes from behind, I hear it coming in my headphone. And what I see in front... Yeah, I can see. So I'm I'm a bit safe with that. I mean, it's not the best thing, but but uh, I have to get to time. Uh, cycling is not the safest thing. Reading books or watching Netflix when you're in the hotel or yeah, wherever you are. What do you like to do? Read more books, but I do too much Netflix. <laughs> yeah, nice. What's good on Netflix at the moment for you? What do you like? What should people watch? Maybe something um, Dutch. Um, but actually, now I'm uh, I'm finishing Drive to Survive. Uh, oh. Formula One. Uh, Normally I watch it when it comes when the release is there. I watch it in a few days, but uh, I, I spare it on on the downloads for uh, for the in the plane for this travel actually. Mm. So now I'm I'm following that and uh, I want to see Luther the the mm. new movie. But then I'm on Disney. I'm watching uh, the Americans. Oh, I don't know what. It's it's so good to uh, undercover spies in uh, <laughs> from Russia in 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 the US. Okay, it's, nice. All yeah, right, well I'll put it down. Time. Yeah. But it was on Netflix years before, but uh, I was halfway the I think it's seven seasons or something, and it was season four, and then they cut it off. And then and would I they put like, it back on now? Uh, no, yeah, now on Disney. Oh. So I heard it was on Disney. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> BWS, beer, wine, or spirits? What's your poison? 
choice of drink? Um, I go for wine. Wine. Mm. What sort of wine? Red wine, white wine, doesn't matter. I think uh, Italian red wine. Lovely. I like it. Good choice. C, C, C. Cake, cheese, or chocolate? I like them all, man. I thought you were in the cast, man. All the cast. Yeah, for sure. I go for cheese. Cheese. Yeah, oh, Dutchy, you know? yeah, yeah. Dutchy. Favorite. But I'm into cars for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite cross training exercise. What's one thing you do that's not cycling? Walking, but not like running, but more walking fast, like even six k's an hour. Mm. Not not jogging, and then so yeah, like with the dog, walk. and then yeah. yeah, and then like for and just even then go for one hour, six k's an hour mm. with the dog. In the evening after dinner, and I think it's it's even good for uh, for the body if mm. you're a cyclist. It's good. Not the day for the, before the race, but in preparation of the season. And uh, I, I did it a lot. And even on uh, when you were for recovery, when I had some injuries or so, I, I walked a lot. Mm. So that that stuff I I did too. Yeah. This is war story. That one day, is it clicked in your mind that one day it's just like, ah, oh, you know, this bloody day is dropped at the back of the Giro, or it could have been could have been another story. I don't know. One day, I'm sure you've got it. Well, I think the most famous one is Gentwevergem, uh, 15. The windy edition. Yeah, that's crazy. And Tell me about it. Well, I finished second. I still, this is a race uh, I feel like I lost, you know. I would have liked to win that race, especially that edition, uh, Maybe I had the legs. Paolini, uh, he also had the legs and also played it smart. So a good winner in the end. But uh, what a day it was. I, I was dropped after after 3K. I was dropped. From the peloton? Yeah. And nobody, in the beginning? Yeah. Because uh, it was headwind at the start, wasn't it? Nah, it was a bit cross. Oh. And, uh, but the problem was uh, the farmers were protesting on the road. Oh, yeah. um, so the road was narrow. It was still like uh, they left space for like two meters. So the peloton was completely stretched up. And I was completely behind in the peloton uh, because I thought, ah, it's a head, it's it's cross head, nothing going to happen. It's 260k, don't worry. And suddenly we didn't really start it yet. And and the peloton slowed down. I think, what's happening? And I look in front and I see all the farmers protesting. And okay, are we going to stop or not? But the first riders, they go, they go 50Ks an hour, and I was standing still. <laughs> so we passed the farmers, <laughs> and it was completely stretched out. And I, I was there behind with 20 guys, bum, 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 I think five echelons. And I was in the last echelon, like, oh, no, you're not going to. I'm not going to be dropped after after this and out of the race. And, and with good legs, and yeah. the, the classics are important. You're, you're preparing the whole year for the classics, and you're already dropped after 3K. <laughs> oh. And I felt Were there some good riders back there or just... Uh, I, I remember Bradley Wiggers was oh, there, yeah. but for the rest it was just you know, the people that are in the last echelon, yeah. the people that were in the last <laughs> echelon. So, But the only thing you can do is stay calm and use everybody to ride along. And I just trusted on like, well, in front, they cannot keep on racing. Probably the early breakaway will go and hopefully as soon as possible and then the peloton slows down and uh, you cannot do anything more than that <laughs> i saw the peloton in front getting bigger and getting slowing down so you're off the back for a while how long maybe 10k or something oh, yeah. That, that, but yeah you, what can you do just keep the, yeah. the the last echelon rolling and uh it's important to use all the guys in that group we, we got back in the peloton but 
yeah, you know how many echelons there were. And I was all the time, not not in the first group, but what, fourth echelon, third echelon, <laughs> tick, tick. I never, never was in the race really for, for, for the prizes. But I just kept pushing. And when I was finally in front, really from echelon six to echelon one, flat tire, you know. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, uh, and I'm looking for, uh, it was on uh, on the castle. It's a small hill. You yeah. come up a few times and... Uh, there was no no here with wheels, and I just took a, a wheel of uh, of another team. That's not normal, yeah. you know. The, the Swanier was really he wanted to say no, but what could he do? I I on that day, if he if he would have said no, I think I, w- I would have blown him away. You know, yeah. I was uh, I was focused and take. I took another wheel uh, and I went on again and just keep pedaling, just keep racing and. Uh, yeah, in the end, I had a great final. Uh, I made a made a good move to to jump towards the first group and yeah, racing for the for the victory. But then on the Camelberg, you remember all the on the tractors were yeah, warning. They were. And I also remember that that was that was cool. I mean, that was cool protesting. Yeah. You know, it it gave me goosebumps good when I was racing yeah. there. That was uh, a moment I never forget. Did you finish with that wheel? Uh, almost, but in the last 50k I had a flat tire again and I changed bike because it was such horrible weather. If you take a fresh spare bike, ah, yeah, it's much faster. Is, uh, everything is clean, smooth, yeah. uh, and the chain is uh, well oiled. So, and probably uh, because the car was behind me, it's even faster also. Yeah. So, uh, but but actually, I did most of the race with that wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, lastly, Nikki. What is the best thing about riding a bike for you? Because you've ridden a bike for so long, you've raced it at the top end, you've ridden mountain bike, gravel bike, everything. Why do you love riding a bike? I still think it's fascinating to see how many speeds you can make with your own body. You don't mm-hmm. have an engine, but you do it yourself and you can, fa- you can go fast. And that's the adrenaline rush I like about it. But the most important thing is the freedom. freedom. You can go everywhere with the bike. Awesome, mate. Thank you. Well, he's a funny old Dutchie, isn't he, old Nicky? But an absolute machine back in the day in the classics. What a great guy to have on Talking Luft. We have a couple more Talking Lufts coming this year, but next week will be our last Life in the Peloton episode. I've always traditionally run Life in the Peloton in the cycling calendar year, and as we're fast approaching the last races, that will be the last episode next year. But before we go, and as a bit of an intro to the winter season of cyclocross racing, we have the superstar himself. Mr. Sven Nice. He is going to be on next week's episode, so I can guarantee you do not want to miss that episode. We've got him, the legend Sven Nice. Big thanks to our partner, Rafa, Will Jones at Red Bricks Media, and of course, the Life in the Peloton team, Megan Spurlow. Guys, and until next week, thanks for tuning in. I can't wait. Sven Nice. Cheers. The music in this episode was composed by Pete Shelley. Cheers, mate.